0: Welcome back to this week's episode of The Emily Show. Today is a topic a lot of you have asked about. And so we are going to break into the Crisley Convictions. Todd and Julie Crisley of the TV show Crisley Knows Best, which is where a lot of people know them from. They also have a podcast, but are a reality TV family were convicted last week in Atlanta, Georgia, federal court, and that is what we're breaking down today. The superseding indictment, the charges, what they could be facing and what comes next. Just as a disclaimer, I find Todd Chrisley on his podcast to be very entertaining. I know that in the past he said complimentary things about me and going up against the feds is never easy. So we're going to talk about what that looks like. These are uh, There's a lot of charges here, and we're going to go through that superseding indictment. And we're going to talk about what their attorneys have said in the media since this conviction and go from there. So with that, we should probably just get in. we have a lot to talk about. It's a lot. It's a lot. You're like, Emily, the feds don't come to play. No, they certainly do not. They certainly do not. Hey there. Welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years. I'm a former prosecutor, and I'm a big fan of the Cursey Words. So let's break it down. Are you just tired of figuring out what's for dinner, but it's summer and you're like, are we having sandwiches again? No, it's not. We're not having sandwiches again. Well, I've got something that is just as easy and depending on how you do it, much more delicious. Green Chef is a meal kit that is delivered to your door for convenient, easy meals in all types of different eating plans. Whether you are, you know, gluten free or keto or paleo or just looking for more balanced meals and maybe to not just have sandwiches for dinner again, now that the weather's nice, you can get a meal put together that your entire family will enjoy very quickly because all of the ingredients are just pre-planned so you have what you need to make your meal but also just what you need so you're not buying a ton of ingredients to try something new. It is a great way to expand what you're eating for dinner and get out of that rut that we can get into in the summer when we just need things to be easy. Don't sacrifice easy. Have it delivered to your door with Green Chef. And if you want to try it now, just go to greenchefcom baker 130 for $130 off and Free shipping. Shipping is expensive right now, y'all. Like take advantage of the free shipping. I'm not even, I'm not even joking. So check out greenchef.com slash EmilyBaker130 and use code EmilyBaker130. Find out for yourself why Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. So by way of a quick summary, for those of you that aren't familiar with Todd and Julie Chrisley, they do have a podcast called Chrisley Confessions and a TV show called Chrisley Knows Best. But on August 13th, 2019, they were indicted along with their accountant, Paul Tarantino, um, who I will either call the accountant, the CPA or Tarantino. I don't mean the director. I mean their accountant. They were indicted on numerous counts of bank fraud and tax related crimes. A superseding indictment was then charged on February 15th, 2022. Their federal trial began in Atlanta, Georgia on May 16th, 2022, right during the kind of the, the interest in the Depp versus Heard case. After over three weeks of evidence and several days of deliberation, the jury came back and found all parties guilty on all counts on June 7th, 2022. The Chrisleys and their CPA remain out of custody until sentencing, which is currently scheduled for October 6th, 2022. When the sentencing memorandums are filed, that should be at the end of September. I will be going through those. The sentencing memos are always very interesting always very interesting. And we get to see a lot of the information. Today, I'm going through the indictment. um, Some of what we've learned from media, again, this is federal court in the United States. So there are not cameras in the courtroom. There aren't recordings in the courtroom. So the only reporting we're getting out of court is what uh, really has been reported through the media. But I'm still unclear as to who was in the courtroom with some of those reportings. And that always makes me a little nervous when I'm like, but who's reporting it? I'm not sure I would like to know more. So I hope that going through the indictment and talking about what was charged and then what was stated in opening statements by the Chrisley's attorney will help give context to this case and what they are facing. Because so far, what I've seen in the media is incorrect. And as I said, they remain out of custody. They are on house arrest and location monitoring at their home here in Nashville, Tennessee. After the verdict the Crisley's attorney told people that they are disappointed in the verdict and an appeal is planned not surprised i'm sure there will be an appeal there will probably be some post sentencing motions motions to set aside the verdict etc cetera, etc cetera. that is what we expect in almost all criminal convictions that we're going to see those types of motions how successful they will be well it, you know your mileage may vary but we will see if an appeal is filed And this is what I said in depth versus heard people have asked me, tell me, tell me the likelihood of, you know, Amber Heard's success on appeal. It's like, well, until I know the grounds for appeal, I can't even start to evaluate it. What the attorneys choose to appeal on, we will see, but there was a lot of litigation running up to this trial. We're not going to go through all of it. We are going to start with the indictment and then work backwards because that really gives us the bulk of the information. That being said, though, I've seen a lot of media reports that they are facing 30 years in prison i don't know who's coming up with these numbers but i'm just going to let you know we are talking about conspiracy to commit bank fraud that carries the same amount of time as the underlying crime of bank fraud bank fraud carries 30 years each up to up to a million dollar fine up to 30 years each there are 6 counts of bank fraud so i don't see any reason why these couldn't stack so i'm seeing the maximum potentially being much higher than just 30 years, it would be 30 years on one of these counts. But as to Todd Chrisley, there are nine counts. As to Julie Chrisley, there are more. And as to their accountant, there are less. So as we go through it, this is substantially more than 30 years based on what I'm seeing. So again, I don't know who calculated these up because the wire fraud count carries 20 years. The conspiracy to defraud the US carries five years. The tax evasion counts Carry five years, and then, for the accountant, it looks like he is likely facing no more than uh six, seven eight, like ten ish years, so these are the bulk of these are being carried by Julie and Todd Chrisley. Emily. these are financial crimes. Will they see substantial prison time? No, no, they won't. And we will talk a little bit about. The Real Housewives conviction that had similar elements to this in that it dealt with fraudulent information for loans and that dealt with bankruptcy for Teresa and Joe Judice. We know that they pled guilty. They were facing less time because they were facing less counts. And the amount of money in that case was less, but they were sentenced to federal prison for 15 months for Teresa and 41 months for Joe Uh, So those were their sentences. But again, they had less, they had a less of a, of a maximum that they were facing the finances. And that was less money alleged lost. They had a substantial amount of asset forfeiture and restitution in that case. And they staggered the convictions, which is likely to happen here as well. I imagine they will stagger the convictions of Julie and Todd Chrisley, um, the way that they did with Teresa and Joe Judice. but they might, uh, fight a little bit over that more because Teresa and Joe were a plea deal. This is not a plea. This is something that has been convicted after trial. Everyone has the right to a trial. You know, you are in fact, under the law, innocent until proven guilty. And the feds, when they are forced to go to trial, does does their request go up? Well, they will argue that it shows that somebody is not taking responsibility for their crimes. Others will say, "I have a right to go to trial and make sure that you obtained evidence legally and did your job." So that's where we're going to see the split on that. But we won't know really what everyone's asking for until we see those sentencing memorandums at the end of September, and then we will see some of the information, hopefully, from the pre-sentencing reports, giving you know giving the information about what they are calculating those sentences based on. So let's get into this superseding indictment, shall we? All right, let's get into this superseding indictment from February 15th, 2022, the United States versus Todd Chrisley, AKA Michael Todd Chrisley, Julie Chrisley, and Peter Tarantino. The grand jury charges that. And again, this is an indictment after grand jury, which means a grand jury was convened. This is a jury, but there is no defense. The grand jury is presented evidence for indictment from the prosecution. Yes, they are obligated to present any um, mitigating evidence, but there isn't a defense attorney there to uh, question things to present evidence. It is all presented through and by the government. The defendants, Todd Chrisley and Julie Chrisley are a married couple who at one point resided in Georgia and now reside in Tennessee. Peter Tarantino is a CPA owner of CPA Tarantino an accounting firm based in Roswell, Georgia. Beginning at least as early as 2015, Todd and Julie Chrisley engaged the services of Tarantino to work as their accountant. Todd and Julie Chrisley also authorized Tarantino to act as their power of attorney, meaning he was authorized to discuss their taxes with the IRS. Let's get into the Chrisley business entities. From at least as early as 2008 through approximately 2012, Todd and Julie together with an individual known to the grand jury hereafter as co-conspirator A, controlled a Georgia company named Chrisley Asset Management. We will talk about this a little bit more, co-conspirator A. Their business partner who testified at trial had a lot to say, but this is someone who took a deal to avoid prosecution to testify. Now, in financial crimes, this is very common that you will get one of the people on the inside saying, OK, fine, don't prosecute me, but let me tell you what they did. It's how the entire college admission scandal broke. There was one person who got was being investigated by the feds and they're like, yeah, I know you're looking at me, but look over there, look over there. There's this other stuff going on, particularly in tax crimes. And I say this a lot. Tax crimes are often reported by the exes, exes. Uh, spouses, ex-business partners, ex-employees, ex-lovers, the exes will dime you out to the IRS. And the IRS is like, ooh, T, let's take a look. If you think the IRS isn't nosy, I will tell you what, the IRS is looking if they are getting these tips. And if there's something there, then they will follow it down, but they get a ton, a ton of tips. It's always the exes. So be mindful, just be mindful of who you work with. And that's what happened in this case. Their former business partner took a deal to avoid prosecution and testified, "Hey, this is how I helped them defraud all of these things." And clearly, the jury found that person at least somewhat credible because they were convicted. So, co-conspirator A controlled a Georgia company and Chrisley Asset Management, which earned millions of dollars in commissions and fees from managing foreclosed properties uh, that were later sold to third parties. Todd and Julie Chrisley owned a number of other companies, including Chrisley and Company, which was a Georgia company that was used to receive their income from Grizzly Asset Management. Now, if you're like, that's a lot of companies, this isn't, and we will get into it. But using multiple companies in and of itself is not a problem. This is something very regularly done um, in business. So the, the amount of companies doesn't raise any red flags for me. It's, you know, as we get into how they're alleging what these companies are doing, that can become a problem. Beginning in 2013, Todd and Julie controlled a company named Seven C's Production, C's like the letter C, not like, like sailing the Seven Seas. In July 2013, Seven C's Production was registered with the Georgia Secretary of State as a Georgia corporation. Julie Chrisley was later listed as the company's CEO. In 2016, Seven C's was registered with the Tennessee Secretary of State as a Tennessee corporation, and EFC was listed as the company's registered agent. Uh, again, registered agents, not weird at all commonly done, regularly done, should be done. Beginning in approximately 2014, Todd and Julie together with various family members started a reality television show Chrisley Knows Best and appeared on other television and radio programs. A television production company, Here and After, the production company produced Chrisley Knows Best and paid the Chrisleys and other family members for their work on the show. Todd and Julie used 7C's as a loan-out company, which is a common way for actors and entertainers to be paid for their services. Again, not weird. Loan-out companies are used Everybody that you see in a movie has a loan out company. Just that is how that is done. That their company, their company contracts with them. This is very, again, very common. It just has to be done properly. Over the years, various entertainment and production companies paid millions of dollars to Todd and Julie. The vast majority of which was deposited into seven C's, uh, seven C's bank accounts. The IRS and federal taxes. The IRS was an agency of the U.S. To- Why say was, that's is, that's odd. Why say was in the indictment? It's odd to me that they're referring to it as was. The IRS was an agency of the United States Department of Treasury responsible for administering and enforcing the tax laws of the United States and collecting taxes. Yeah, we know the IRS. Taxpayers who owe money to the IRS are generally required to submit tax payments. Thank you. Married couples typically file tax returns under the status of married filing jointly, married filing separately, or head of household When married taxpayers elect to file a tax return as married filing separately, one spouse is listed as the filer here and after the filing spouse, while the other spouse is listed as the spouse here and after the listed spouse. The IRS has numerous enforcement mechanisms to collect delinquent taxes, including filing liens on real property held within a particular county and loving bank accounts or other assets. Oh yeah, the IRS will get their money. When issuing a lien or loving against a delinquent taxpayer who have filed married filing separately, the lien or levy attached only to property owned by the filing spouse. I didn't know that. That's interesting. The IRS could not issue a lien or levy against property owned only by the listing spouse unless it could prove the property was actually owned by the filing spouse. I imagine this will come into play. What I will say for the international crew who's like, um, your tax system sounds whack. Yeah, I know there's a lot of you because I've seen the podcast charting in entertainment news, like top three in multiple countries, like multiple, multiple countries around the world. So for all of you that are like, what is your U S tax system? Like, well, it's deeply complex. The government does not tell you what you owe. You have to tell them what you think you owe and they get to tell you if you're right. And if you're wrong and you don't fix it, yeah, you can go to jail. If that sounds kind of whack, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy system. Our tax system, it's deeply, deeply complex and more money, more problems. Like these are, these are biggie, small type issues when we talk about running businesses that are moving millions and millions of dollars it gets deeply complex and then it gets very expensive to hire the professionals that stay on top of it and take care of the money and if you hire the wrong professionals you can also end up going to jail it's very stressful generally once questions are raised people handle it we're going to see what happened here when questions were raised um but yeah taxes are really freaking stressful <laughs> All of the international audience is like that. Sounds miserable. Correct, correct. It is. It is stressful. All right. Let's get back to the federal taxes. I imagine that the reason they're talking about attaching property is because the married filing separately comes up in this case. But we will see. In 2010, Todd and Julie Chrisley filed separate 2009 federal income tax returns as married filing separately. Todd Chrisley's 2009 federal income tax return was filed on or about October 15, 2010, with Todd Chrisley as the filing spouse. Julie Chrisley is the listed spouse. Todd Chrisley reported tax due and owing of $700,000, a little bit over that. On or about May 29, 2012, Todd caused to be filed an amended 2009 federal income tax return, still is married, filing separately, reporting tax due and owing of more than $400,000. Again, revising taxes after the fact, not in and of itself weird, happens. Todd and Julie Chrisley filed their 2010, 2011, and 2012 federal tax returns as married filing jointly. On or about May, 16th, uh, May 6th, pardon, 2011, October 15th, 2012, and December 16th, 2013, respectively, these tax returns reported taxes due and owing of $0, 50000 and $23,000 for 2010, 2011, 2012. Todd and Julie Chrisley did not timely submit tax payments to the IRS when filing Todd Chrisley's 2009 tax return or their joint 2011, 2012 returns. At a certain point, the IRS placed Todd and Julie Chrisley in collection status for unpaid federal income taxes. These collection actions were stayed from the time that Todd Chrisley entered bankruptcy proceedings in 2012 until the bankruptcy action was discharged in 2015. Not not strange that happens. It doesn't go away. It just gets paused. Afterwards, IRS revenue officers filed liens and levies in counties in which Todd and Julie lived or owned property in attempts to collect the back taxes owed. Todd and Julie Chrisley did not timely file federal income tax returns or timely submit payments to the IRS for 2013, 14, 15, and 16. So that's the underlying facts of the tax issues. Now we're getting into the counts. Count one, conspiracy to commit bank fraud. This is separate and apart from the taxes, as you will soon see. And we're going to get into that right now. The grand jury re-alleges and incorporates the above, beginning and at least as early as 2007 and continuing through 2012. The exact dates unknown. In the North District of Georgia, Todd and Julie did knowingly and willfully combine, conspire, confederate, agree, and have a tacit understanding. Those are the elements of conspiracy altogether with each other and co-conspirator A. That's the business partner who flipped to execute a scheme. An artifice to defraud multiple financial institutions, uh, the deposits of which were insured by the FDIC to obtain money, funds, and credits owed by and under the custody and control of the aforementioned financial institutions. So that's the allegation of conspiracy to commit bank fraud. And again, there are words in here, the combined conspire confederate agree. Those are the, the crimey words of conspiracy. Manner and means is going to get into the how and why this is the T of what happened or what is alleged to have happened. But it's harder to say alleged because now it's been convicted. So what they're saying happened in the jury, convicted them on. When we're just reading this before a conviction, it's all alleged and it's hard for me to switch. Todd and Julie Chrisley together with co-conspirator A, the business partner who flipped, conspired to submit false materials such as fabricated bank statements and false personal financial statements to financial institutions to obtain millions of dollars in loans, much of which they use for their own personal benefit. Throughout the conspiracy, the conspirators submitted false documents to banks to apply for loans, including fabricated bank statements, listing inflated account balances, personal financial statements containing false information about available funds, false invoices, false audit paperwork. For example, on or about November 5th, co-conspirator A sent an email to a bank that copied Todd Chrisley, attaching a personal financial statement that falsely claimed that Todd Chrisley had uh, 4 million dollars at Merrill Lynch when the bank employee requested the account statements co-conspirator A sent Todd Chrisley a fabricated bank statement showing that Todd and Julie had 776,000 deposited at Merrill Lynch in response Todd Chrisley told co-conspirator A you're a fucking genius just make it show 4 mil plus well the emails aren't going to help cuz i imagine that the jury's not going to be impressed by the emails, just make it show 4 million plus isn't going to help. In actuality, Todd and Julie Chrisley did not have a Maryland bank account at the time. Oh, and after they later opened one in May 2008, they never had more than approximately 17,000 on deposit there. As a result of false representations like these, a number of banks issued the co-conspirators millions of dollars in loans, much of which Todd and Julie used for their own personal benefit. At various points during the conspiracy, Todd Crisley personally directed co-conspirator A to send false information to banks. For example, when one bank provided notice in April 2008, they would not be able to renew a loan without updated personal financial information. Oh, sorry, that just says updated financial information. Todd Crisley instructed co-conspirator A, quote, please get her the financials and I will get her the rest. After co conspirator A responded, I don't have financials on any of these. She has tax returns. Todd Christley wrote, Stop telling me this shit. Create them like you always have. If I don't get these, then they want, and it says spelling and original, want, I assume the government assumed that was won't renew the loans. When another bank provided, and again, emails are going to help, stop telling me this shit. Create them like you always have. When another bank provided notice in 2008, that it needed updated financial information. Co-conspirator A told Todd Chrisley that they, this says he, she, but I'm just going to go with they this entire time. They needed assistance in putting the request financials, the requested financials together. This prompted Todd Chrisley to write quote, giving me an excuse as to why you cannot f- figure this out, does not move it off your plate. This is not what we discussed. Passing it back and forth is not getting the results requested If you do not know how to do this, then find a crooked accountant to do it. Ask Redacted who her guy uses for his crooked shit. Oh, my. Well, emails. um, Emails are always bad because they're pretty persuasive to the jury because no one ever thinks that these are going to get seen is the thing. The conspirators continued sending false information to banks even after receiving the initial loan disbursements. At times, they did so in hopes of renewing certain loans. At other times, they did so to conceal their financial difficulties, to prevent banks from seeking legal remedies to recoup the outstanding loan balances. For example, on August 27, 2009, a bank representative notified Chrisley and co conspirator A that, quote, the last personal financial statement we have on file, June 09, looks a lot like the 123108 statement we received. Cash, securities, and real estate all exactly the same. We have a review coming up and would like to show this accurately. So that no one questions as to how these could all be the exact same, seven months later, Todd Chrisley forwarded the message to co-conspirator A stated, bring the securities down significantly. The bank representative further notified Todd Chrisley and co-conspirator A that quote, we have an FDIC examination beginning on Monday, September 14th, and your file will be one that they will review. Any assistance that you can provide here to update your statement will be appreciated. The bank's like, yo, fuck, Um, don't get us in trouble. Todd Chrisley forwarded this message to co-conspirator A and stated, quote, this is why that PFS, personal financial statement, needs to reflect that you sent Regions and the FDIC. Similarly, when attempting to provide evidence of available funds in April 2012 to a lender, Julie Chrisley forwarded a copy of a check to co-conspirator A and Todd Chrisley and instructed co-conspirator A that, quote, post date is the only thing that needs to be changed. The attached check stated that it had posted to the bank account on February 8th, 2012. Todd Chrisley instructed co-conspirator A to, quote, make sure this is perfect before you send it to redacted as there can't be a screw up and she looks at this stuff fairly close. Shortly thereafter, co-conspirator A emailed Todd Chrisley an altered copy of the same check Falsely showing that it had posted to the bank on November 1st, 2011, not February 8th, 2012. The conspirators also used Crisley Asset Management funds to pay down outstanding bank loans or for their own personal benefit. The conspirators did so knowing that the company had outstanding checks or debts that would not be otherwise covered by the remaining balances in the bank accounts. As a result, Crisley Asset Management began having significant financial difficulties. Once it became clear that Chrisley Asset Management was insolvent and the conspirators could no longer pay back the outstanding loans or obtain new ones, Todd and Julie sought to hide their involvement in the conspiracy by falsely claiming they did not know that co conspirator A had submitted false documents to financial institutions, which was in their opening statement. We didn't know. We trusted this other person to run it. They ran it. They did all this shady shit. It wasn't me. For instance, in August 14, 2012, in a sworn affidavit, Todd Christie falsely asserted that co-conspirator A had used their accountant's stationery and signature without the knowledge or consent of Todd Chrisley or the accountant. However, approximately three months earlier, Chrisley emailed co-conspirator A asking, quote, can you place this on the accountant's letterhead with his signature and then sign Julie's name below the accountant's address, the letter to whom it may concern. Shortly thereafter, co-conspirator A sent an email to a lender that copied Todd Chrisley, attaching letters purportedly signed by the accountant and Julie. So, if they're arguing that co-conspirator A is sending this stuff back and forth to each other, it's likely not going to be well taken by a jury. Juries like things like emails; they're helpful. Count two through six is bank fraud for Todd and Julie, saying the beginning in two thousand and seven through two thousand and twelve that Todd and Julie Crisley aided and abetted by each other and co-conspirator did knowingly execute an attempt to execute a scheme or artifice. And then they talk about all of these specific dates and they have a chart. Count two is from June 12th, 2009, causing a false personal bank statement to be transmitted to Middletown, Midtown Bank. July 6, 2009, causing a false personal statement to be transmitted to Gulf South Private Bank. July 6th, causing a false personal Financial statement to be transmitted to United Community Bank. October 8, 2009, causing false audit paperwork to be transmitted to RBC Bank USA. August 18, 2010, causing a false personal financial statement to be transmitted to Wells Fargo. And so each of those counts is going to be going to one of those things. But as we talked about at the top of this, each of those counts carries 30 years. Will they get that? No. But this is how sentencing can get high. When the news is saying they face up to 30, it's, I think, substantially more than that. I don't think they'll get sentenced substantially more than that, but I think the max potential exposure is higher, which might indicate that they will end up in custody for longer than the Judices, more than 12 months, more than 40 months in the numbers of years range, but well lower than half of 30, I think, well under that 15-year range. So count seven is wire fraud. And again, this is wire fraud goes to transmitting the false information wire fraud is a very broad, broad section. Wire fraud is also what Jen Shaw is facing. Wire fraud is what was used in the uh, Theranos uh, prosecutions of Sonny Balwani and Elizabeth Holmes. Wire fraud is really using any wires to transmit anything that is fraudulent, and this was during a lease application process for a home in California that they were alleged, well, convicted of providing false statements and bank statements count eight is conspiracy to defraud the united states interestingly enough only carries about five years (laughs) the bank fraud 30 years defrauding the u.s five the banks clearly have better lobbyists the grand jury alleges everything above beginning in or about 2010 and continuing through february 2nd 2018 in georgia Todd Chrisley, Julie Chrisley, and the CPA, Peter Tarantino, willfully, unlawfully, voluntarily, intentionally, and knowingly did combine, conspire, confederate, agree, or have a tacit understanding with each other to defraud the US, including the IRS. Their manner and means alleged here is the defendant's use of seven C's production to hide Todd Chrisley's income from the IRS. So they're alleging that this company was hiding income. The defendants, knowing that Todd Chrisley owed hundreds of thousands of dollars to the IRS for the 2009 tax year, sought to hide the income. From the IRS by directing third parties to send millions of dollars to Seven C's Productions, even though Chrisley exercised control over Seven C's and had access to it, his name was never listed as the owner on documents filed with the Georgia or Tennessee secretaries of state. Instead, Julie Chrisley, who, as the listed spouse on Todd Chrisley's original and amended 2009 return, did not owe money to the IRS for that tax return, and she was listed as Seven C's uh, corporate documents with signing authority over the bank accounts. Defendants knew that Todd Chrisley also controlled seven C's throughout the conspiracy period. In fact, Todd Chrisley had created a website named toddchrisley.org that included the article titled or included an article titled Todd Chrisley starts film production company, seven C's production. The defendants purposely kept Todd Chrisley's name off seven C's bank accounts and corporate filings to impede the IRS's ability to determine the income. They go on to say the defendant's efforts to impede the IRS's ability to determine their income was again through having that, uh, that company in Julie's control, not in Todd's control, but putting Todd's income in there. They then went on to talk about the knowledge of the obligation to file tax returns and pay taxes. They say that the defendants continued to take part in this conspiracy even after acknowledging that they were required to file tax returns and pay taxes due and owing. For instance, during a February 2017 interview, Todd Chrisley asserted, obviously, this is a direct quote, Obviously, the federal government likes my tax returns because I pay $750,000 to a million dollars in taxes just about every year. So the federal government doesn't have a problem with my taxes. In fact, when making those public statements, Todd Chrisley knew that he owed hundreds of thousands of dollars to the IRS for the 2009 tax year and had not filed federal income tax returns or paid any federal income taxes for the previous several years. They say that the defendants also continued to take part in this conspiracy, even after receiving repeated notices that they were required to file tax returns and pay taxes. In March 2017, the IRS sent correspondence to the defendants about taxpayers' income tax obligations. Woohoo! Yoo-hoo. You have to pay your taxes. <laughs> including a pamphlet, they say, including a pamphlet said, stating, why do I have to pay taxes? There's a pamphlet. I need that pamphlet in my life. Why do I have to pay taxes? Because you have. to. There are a few things that are certain, death and taxes, which stated in part, while taxpayers have the right to contest their liabilities in the courts, taxpayers do not have the right to violate and disobey tax laws. Unscrupulous individuals and promoters advocating willful noncompliance with the tax laws have used a variety of false or misleading arguments for not filing and paying taxes. However, the defendants then failed to timely file Todd and Julie Chrisley's 2016 tax returns or to pay the returns when required to do so. They then talk about the accountant's efforts. Got the conspiracy, Tarantino provided false and misleading information to the IRS. Tarantino falsely told revenue officers that Todd and Julie could not afford to pay their back taxes and that he did not have certain information did not know certain information about them, such as where they banked or lived. Odd. In one instance, Tarantino falsely told a revenue officer that Todd and Julie's daughter was the owner of Seven Seas Productions, and that she paid Todd and Julie their salaries. Interesting. In providing this false and misleading information to revenue officers, Tarantino sought to impede the IRS's efforts to collect their unpaid taxes. Tarantino frequently updated Todd and Julie Chrisley on his interactions with the IRS. For instance, on September 23rd, 2016, he told Todd and Julie, quote, the agent also asked some questions about your current living arrangements. I avoided answering them. Tarantino also helped Todd and Julie avoid IRS scrutiny by willfully filing false and fraudulent 7C production corporate tax returns that made it appear the company was not making money. On or about September 15, 2016, Tarantino electronically filed a seven C's production corporate tax return for the tax year of 2015, omitting all information about seven C's production's revenue and distributions. Yikes. A year later, on or about September 15, 2017, Tarantino electronically filed a seven C's production corporate tax return for the tax year 2016, omitting the same information. In doing so, Tarantino sought to lead the IRS to believe seven C's did not earn any revenue filing false statements to third parties regarding Todd and Julie Christie's tax filings. They're alleging, well, they alleged the jury that throughout the conspiracy defendants falsely claimed third parties, two third parties that Todd and Julie had filed their federal tax returns. For example, in March, 2015, Julie sent individual income tax returns for the 2013 and 14 tax years to a bank during a loan application process as you're required to do. The 2013 tax claim that Julie Chrisley earned $217,000 in income and paid $59,000 in taxes. The 2014 tax return claimed Julie Chrisley earned $737,000 and owed $264,000 in taxes. However, Julie then and there knew that neither return had been filed as she had not paid the taxes listed due and owing. In early 2018, when trying to obtain a lease for a Bentley convertible and a bank loan. Todd and Julie Chrisley directed Tarantino to send copies of their individual income tax return to a bank and automobile dealership. On or about January 18th, 2018, Tarantino sent Todd and Julie an email with the copies of their 2014, 15, 16 individual and corporate tax returns and stated in part, these are the returns that will be forwarded to Bentley and bank tomorrow. The email stated that Todd and Julie Chrisley owed 192000 in taxes for 2015, $219 for 2016. I wonder how they prove they knew they weren't paid. We're going to keep reading. But if your accountant's saying, here's your tax returns, I mean, do you know if they've been filed? How do you know they haven't been paid? How do you prove to a jury they know they haven't been paid if you think the accountant's doing it? I've got questions. Tarantino then emailed file copies of Todd and Julie Chrisley's 2015 and 16 tax returns to the dealership stating, I have attached the last two years of business and personal tax filings as they pertain to Todd and Julie. Tarantino also emailed file copies of Todd and Julie's 2014, 15, 16 individual and corporate returns to the bank, stated, I have attached the last three years of personal and business filings. When causing these materials to be transmitted, defendants then and there knew that the income taxes had not been filed and they had not paid the taxes. How did they know? Todd and Julie Chrisley's expenditures during the conspiracy, and then they get into money that was spent how it was spent, where it was spent, or where they think it was spent. They say Todd and Julie continued to earn substantial income and make large expenditures after starting their reality TV show. In the promotional video for Chrisley Knows Best, which was filmed in 2013, Todd Chrisley stated, I make millions of dollars a year, but we still have the same issues that parents who are making 40000 a year have. Todd Chrisley further claimed that in a year, we probably spend over 300000 sometimes more, just on clothing. Over the next several years, Todd and Julie Crisley earned millions of dollars for Crisley Knows Best and other media ventures, which they largely used for their own personal benefit, all while claiming they had insufficient funds to pay down Todd Crisley's 2009 tax liability and while failing to file 2013, 14, 15, and 16 tax years. For example, in June 2017 alone, the entertainment and production companies wired over 300000 into Seven C's Productions bank account. That same month, Todd and Julie spent over $7,000 at an electronics store, over $2,000 at a luxury retail store, and thousands of dollars at department and clothing stores. However, three months earlier in March 2017, Tarantino told the IRS that Todd did not have sufficient resources to pay his 2009 tax liability. This is where reality TV will bite you right in the ass. As we've seen happen to Eric Giordi over the earrings that the, that the bankruptcy trustee has sought, as we saw happen to Teresa and Joe Judice, The reason they were initially investigated is because of the way they were flaunting their lifestyle on television. These are things that have to, have to be considered if you are going to be on a reality TV show, like your ducks need to be in a fucking row and probably have somebody else check to make sure they're in a row because we know That the IRS looks at these things and looks at members of reality TV. They're people just like us watching reality TV going, huh, that's interesting. Then they list out the overt acts um, that they're alleging about what has been filed where, what's been sent where, and that was largely accounted for above. Count nine is tax evasion. They're saying that on or about October 15th, 2010, Todd Chrisley caused to be filed a 2009 federal income tax return as married filing separately, listing himself as filing spouse and reporting a tax due and owing of over $700,000. On May 29, 2012, Todd Chrisley filed an amended 2009 return as married filing separately, reporting tax due and owing of $400,000. From in or about 2010 through 2018, the exact date's unknown in Georgia. They're saying that Todd and Julie Chrisley aided and abetted each other um, and another individual known to the grand jury willfully attempting to evade or defeat the payment of income taxes due and owing. Count 10 is aiding the filing of a false tax return. That is the accountant's part for September 15, 2016. Count 11 is aiding the filing of a false tax return. Again, the accountant from September 2017. Count 12, obstruction of justice. This goes to Julie Chrisley only, stating that from February 2018 through June 2019, Julie Chrisley did corrupt, obstruct, uh, influence, impede, or attempt to obstruct Influence or impede an official proceeding, namely a federal grand jury investigation. On or about February 1st, 2018, federal agents served a federal grand jury subpoena for the North District of Georgia on 7C's production. That subpoena required that 7C's production produce all records, books, and accounts, and other documents and papers relative to financial transactions of Todd, Julie, and EFC. The subpoena required production of all contracts and agreements. Between Seven C's, Todd, Julie, and EFC, as well as others and other communications. In or about March 2018, Julie Crixley, acting on behalf of Seven C's, caused the submission of a number of financial records to the grand jury. This production included various emails um, from Todd and Julie's email accounts. On or about June 7, 2019, Julie, acting on behalf of the Seven C's company, submitted supplemental materials to the grand jury in response to a subpoena including a fraudulent backdated document. Julie's supplemental submission was accompanied by a certification that she signed under penalty of perjury, stating the supplemental materials had been made and were kept in the ordinary course of business. The fraudulent backdated document she submitted with materials was Seven Seas Productions Corporate Resolution, identified in paragraphs 38 and 39, but that contained handwritten changes. Specifically, this version crossed out a statement that EFC was the 100% owner of Seven Seas Productions. This is an underlying company. Interesting and contained a handwritten note claiming that Julie Chrisley was the hundred percent owner. So trying to change ownership or appearance of ownership of the company. Forfeiture. Let's see what the government is trying to take and will likely seek after a well, after the conviction after sentencing. The grand jury realleges and incorporates all of the shit above. Upon conviction for one or more of the offenses of this indictment, Todd Christly and Julie Christly shall forfeit to the U.S. Any property constituting or derived from proceeds obtained directly or indirectly as a result of the violations. Parsing that is always hard, but the government will try to trace back the money to homes, cars, clothes, luxury items, and anything else they can find. So any. Upon conviction for the offense alleged in count seven, Julie Chrisley shall forfeit any real personal property constituting or derived from the violations if, as a result of any act or omission, Todd or Julie Chrisley, any property subject to forfeiture cannot be located upon the exercise of due diligence, has been transformed, sold, or deposited with a third person, has been placed beyond the jurisdiction of the court, has been substantially diminished in value, has been commingled with other property, then the United States intends to go after substitute property. So if we can't get the original property, we will look for substitute property up to the value of the forfeitable property. The Allegations made by the federal government and stated again after conviction was that they believe this is upwards of $20 million. I imagine they will be seeking restitution of a large sum, um, possibly in that realm, based on the federal government's uh, press release, if you will, or their updated release after this conviction. Um, I misspoke. $30 million. What the AUSAs released was following a three-week trial, a federal grand jury found Todd and Julie Chrisly guilty of conspiring to defraud community banks out of more than 30 million in fraudulent loans. The jury also convicted Todd and Julie and their accountant of a number of tax crimes. So they are seeking or will be seeking that $30 million. In opening statements, Todd and Julie Chrisley's attorney indicated that the former business partner. Was the one who committed these crimes, was impersonating Todd Crisley, and that it was not them. The former business partner testified that not only had he had an affair with Todd Crisley, but that after Todd Crisley fired him is when he went to the feds and turned them in and then took a deal for himself. Juries don't always love people involved in the crime who flip, but the prosecutors often argue look, the only way we know what happens is if one of the parties in this conspiracy talks. And that's what happened in this case. It seems that the government's main witness was the former business partner who testified. And that has largely been covered in the news and in the media. The Chrisleys are indicating that they will appeal. I'm sure they'll also look for a motion to set aside. But for now, they are on house arrest in Tennessee. They have indicated that they will be speaking on their podcast. I will be paying attention to that to see what they have to say after this conviction. It shouldn't be too much. Um, after this conviction happened, other than perhaps we're disappointed with the results. We will be appealing. We maintain our innocence, but we will see. But what we learned from this indictment is that the government was relying very heavily on the business partner who turned them into the feds and the emails between them and emails between the parties. Unless the defense in this case, Todd and Julie Chrisley can prove that somebody was emailing themselves back and forth is going to be very difficult because the jury is just not going to buy it. They're going to say, no, you guys were emailing back and forth in this. And this person's broken down what it was, told us what their motive was. And if the jury finds the person who flipped to be believable, like, hey, I'm not perfect. I'm not an angel. This is the shit that I did. But this is also the shit that I helped them with. Then you see convictions like this. The government relies heavily on a party that has flipped. And I think that's what we're going to see in the Jen Shaw case as well. We know that Stuart Smith, her first assistant has taken a deal with the government and Jen Shaw's team is going to have to do a lot to try to overcome someone from inside the scheme testifying because it can be very persuasive to juries, especially if that person owns up to their part and doesn't know what their own sentencing will be in the case of Stuart Smith who will has pled and will be sentenced. This business partner took a deal to avoid prosecution entirely, which doesn't always go over well, but didn't seem to hinder the jury here. So we will see what happens in the coming weeks. I will be following the litigation, hopefully going through this indictment, answered some of your questions about what evidence that they have that Todd and Julie were not using their companies properly and were avoiding paying their taxes as they have now been convicted on. But submitting fraudulent stuff to banks is a very big deal. And that really was the heart of the Judices' claim as well. Um, Submitting things, submitting false statements, and then getting into a bankruptcy after it to not pay it and submitting false things in bankruptcy. And that's what they ended up uh, pleading guilty to. So if this was helpful, let me know down below. If you have more questions, we can cover it on another live stream over on the YouTube places. So let me know what you thought of this episode. And if you still have questions, I will do my best to answer them, but for now it is time to go. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being a Lonard. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your gas not be $7 a gallon. May your family be well, and may the odds be ever in your favor. I will see you in the next one.